So Sarah, I'm assuming you've been watching the Olympics. A little bit, yeah. What's been your favorite thing so far? Well, my favorite thing so far, contrary to your comments last week about the team figure skating, has been the team figure skating. I've come around. I've come around a little. Oh, yeah. But you only liked it because you guys won. Well, that was definitely part of it. I mean, it's super fun to watch Canada dominate. And our last two skaters didn't even have to skate and we still would have got the gold medal. So we were awesome. <laughs> so that's why you like it. <laughs> Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code riding at askkickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code riding at cravejerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so so Kelly, what's been your favorite thing about the Olympics so far? It sounds cliche, but I loved Chloe Kim's run. I loved it partially because everybody was watching at the same time and everyone on Twitter was like, holy shit, did you just see that? But I also loved it because Chloe Kim is hilarious. Like she is the best. Were you watching? Did you watch that? I thing? did watch it and I did love that on Twitter too, the community feeling of Twitter. Um, but what was that about? I didn't see her trying to convince a competitor to go to the after party yeah. with her or something. Well, she was also like on Twitter in between runs being like, I wish I'd finished my breakfast. Like she was tweeting. She was tweeting between runs during the Olympic final. Yes. And then the NBC cuts to her at the top because obviously NBC is like really trying to, they're like coming up soon, Chloe Kim. And they cut to her and she's like planning the after party. She's like trying to explain to the Chinese snowboarder, I believe, like where dancing is going to be, but she doesn't speak Chinese. She speaks like four languages, but not Chinese. And she's like miming dancing, being like, we're going to all dance. You're like, cool. You're planning the after party and tweeting in between winning a gold medal. That's amazing. And then before the show, you told me a great story about how her dad kind of helped get her in the sport and recognized her talent. Yeah, well, this was in the newsletter, people, last week, if you click through. Read the newsletter, people. Come on. There's obviously been a lot of stories about her um, because she is going to be like the superstar coming out of this games. And one of the ESPN story about her was all about her and her dad's relationship, which is super, like he's kind of like groomed her. And basically, you know, she snowboarded some as a kid. She like she was good at it. She lived in Switzerland for a while, joined like the snowboard team there. But she wasn't like super dedicated. And then her dad had her at a snow park in Switzerland and saw this other girl going and was like, holy shit. The people were like, that girl's so good. And he was like, eh. And they were like, no, no, she was the 10th at the Olympics. And Chloe Kim's dad was like, oh, Chloe could be better than that. Give her a few years. And like right then and there, he decided she was going to make the Olympics. And he like quit his job. He was like, she's going to make the Olympics. She's going to be great. Give her three years. And it was basically like three years later, she couldn't compete in Sochi because she was too young. But she like almost beat one of the medalists like two weeks before the games at 13. 
So her dad was right. So awesome. That's why you should listen to your parents. Okay, so Kelly, I have some questions based on the newsletter this week. Okay, I will answer all of your questions. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so I followed your link to that great interview on Facebook from Adam Rippon. Rippon. Adam Rippon, yeah. And so what happened with him and Mike Pence? Okay, so if people didn't click on it, they can go to the newsletter and watch the video. He did this interview and everybody was like asking him all these questions about... Mike Pence. And he basically was like, I don't want to, I mean, I'll talk about Mike Pence, but I'd rather talk about how I'm amazing. So, <laughs> but what happened was Adam Rapon is obviously the first openly gay Olympic athlete from the U.S. And Mike Pence was picked to lead the U.S. delegation. And Mike Pence has been fairly, I don't want to say like anti-gay because that makes it sound like, I don't know, it sounds weird. But he has definitely had policies that were very against gay people. I feel like he's been anti-gay. I feel like we could say that. I'm just saying, I don't know what he's like. I don't know, maybe he, like his personal life. But he has funded conversion therapy, which is like super messed up to like, you know, turn people not gay. He has funded tons of policies that are pretty against uh, LGBT people. So anyway, Adam Rapon was like, I have a problem with him. being, And obviously all the athletes get to meet like the state head of state that comes to, and Adam Rapon's like, I don't want to meet him. I'm not interested. Ah, right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And it's also interesting to me, Mike Pence apparently didn't stand when he was supposed to during the opening ceremonies. Well, during the when the when the unified Korea team, he apparently sat in protest, which is only entertaining because he has been very against people sitting during NFL games in protest. Or kneeling or in kneeling. protest. Yes. But apparently the Olympics is a, an acceptable place, sporting event, to make a political statement. Great. Speaking of which. <laughs> speaking of I, which, all I of the Olympics. To, <laughs> speaking of which, exactly. I need you to unpack something else for me. So these cheerleaders that have come from North Korea, apparently there's 229 of them. They've been described as singing, dancing, North Korean propaganda. Yeah. Why is North Korea sending 229 cheerleaders? Because then you're talking about the cheerleaders and not about whether or not they're going to bomb us, right? Like, I mean, I feel like this isn't complicated. The unified Korea team, I mean, it's certainly nice. Like, sports bring people together. The Olympics bring people together. Obviously, there are lots of real people in both these countries that, like, this is a big moment. Obviously, the Olympics also have a long history of authoritarian regimes using them for their own propaganda and PRNs. Like, this isn't new. So we're all like, oh, my God, the cheerleaders. And what's his name's the head of North Korea's sister was been there. And people keep talking about how she like how she dresses and stuff, too. Right. And it's like, by the way, she also sends people to starvation camps side point right like it's like so it's not a mystery why they sent cheerleaders or why they're having a unified team it's because it's like good pr was do you not right. like the cheerleader are you against the cheerleader sarah um i'm not a huge fan of the cheerleaders <laughs> like, i mean so you have you have 229 young women from north korea who to be fair probably wouldn't otherwise get to get out that much i mean maybe um i, mean, I, I, I feel like north korea they get to go places all the time what are you talking about <laughs> but, but they're like so they're like chaperoned around by these older males i was reading this article about them and how they have to all go to dinner at the same time they have chaperones even to go to the bathroom like they walk and they carry identical bags and they're dressed identically and i don't know <laughs> 
so why yeah i mean why is obvious is it like a good idea is like i don't know like should the olympics be participatory like i don't know you know that's obviously a it's a touchy subject you can see the pros and the cons on like allowing these kinds of things to happen right or i can't maybe you can't (laughs) so okay i have a question for anybody who wants to go to the games well, did you go? I mean, they were like 20 minutes oh, yeah. from your house in Vancouver. I'm assuming you went. I know. No, I'm a complete loser. <laughs> I did you didn't, not go. You didn't bother to like take the ferry across and go? No, I'm terrible. I think I might have been pregnant. I don't know. I just remember feeling like I wanted to hibernate. Oh, my God. Have you been to the Olympics? I've been to the Olympics. I went in Atlanta because that's like in the U.S. Um, and also I was like a kid. Basically what happened was my, I, I like, if you read the newsletter, you know, I'm like obsessed with the Olympics. And I've been like, mom, can we go? And she was like, oh yeah, sure, we can go. And so I started planning it all out. I like got like all the forms and all the stuff. And then my mom was like, what are you talking about? Like nobody goes to the Olympics. And I cried. Oh my God. So I cried until she said we could go. I was but like, you, you did you end promise? up going. We did go. Because you so could drive there well we drove I mean, no, I, mean, I mean like how did you obtain your tickets okay so the olympics always have a lottery for tickets like you can't just there is no second market there is no like ticket master hiking up prices like that's not okay. a thing you have to enter a lottery to get tickets and so you say like which event you want and how many tickets you want to be put in the lottery for. And then they do like a drawing and they almost always hold a certain number for the host country at like cheaper. Like in Brazil, they had like, you could get tickets for as cheap as I think like 20 bucks or something if you were Brazilian because they want to like encourage people to go. So the whole, like it's actually really complicated. The whole reason it's complicated is the organization and the figuring it out. You have to get the whole book out and the schedule and the calendar and decide like which events you want and how many tickets. And inevitably you have to coordinate with other people like when we went to Atlanta, we went with my family, like my whole family. So my grandma, my grandpa, my aunts and uncles. And so we all had to decide, you know, which events we want to go to. And then we all had to put in for tickets at the same time. And you only get so many to any given event because you they don't want people buying up like huge blocks. Uh, so that's how it works. It's a lottery system. When I went in Atlanta, it was literally on paper. We had a huge piece of paper. We like checked off. You had to rank them sorority style, like one, two. And then you what just... What you wanted to go to most. What you wanted to go to most. And you just you mailed it in. And then a month or two later, you like got a, I think we got something back in the mail. Got a response by mail. So was it like, you don't remember, like you get the envelope. Yeah. Is it one of those? And you open it up with the family. Yeah. And there were actual tickets like in, and you had to hold them. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to down. I'm just going to show you my smartphone app. No, that wasn't a thing. Right. But I was going to go to Brazil and I didn't because I went to Australia instead. But so we went through this whole lottery process for that, too. And now it's all online and it's all run by this company called CoSport, which is kind of a terrible company because they always get the contract to run this. And so they okay. so they do it all. And you enter online and you fill in all your preferences and you submit to the lottery. And I thought I had submitted for Rio and then... I didn't get anything picked in the lottery and I contacted them and I was like, why did I get anything picked? And they hadn't gotten my submission because the site had frozen and I was not the only one. Apparently that was happening all over the place. So technology. I know it's not as uh, helpful as you think it is, but yeah. So if you want to go go back to the old way to the Olympics, do not mail in paper forms, go to CoSport and sign up to get the notification of when the lottery opens because you have to plan 
a year in advance to enter to get tickets and then you have to coordinate with uh, like your travel because the biggest cost is obviously or maybe this isn't obvious but it should be is accommodations because everyone jacks up their prices Right. Almost always, yeah. Okay, and then if you want to, I mean, I'm assuming it's the same for the Winter Olympics. I mean, one thing I have noticed, though, or I'm wondering about, is why are the Winter Olympics? You've less noticed that you've noticed the empty stands a little bit. The empty stands. <laughs> well, there were a lot of empty stands in Rio too, but I mean, in the Winter Olympics, you basically people are mostly flying through the air, doing these crazy things that we wouldn't be able to do, like that regular humans can't do. It's not like swimming and running where we can most of us can kind of do it it's like flying through the air doing flips like maybe i think that's even i think you just answered your own question right like it's not relatable people like i feel like the winter well one the winter olympics are and i say they are and people think this i'm being totally u.s about this the reason americans don't like the winter olympics is because it's not stuff we grew up with. It's not super understandable. Running, we're like, oh, I've run. This makes sense to me. Snowboarding is complicated. There's rules. There's like, I have to remember what a McTwist, McDouble backside is. Like, I don't know what that is, right? No matter how many times they explain it to me. So you have to like understand. And it's like all the sports aren't accessible as an American <laughs> because you have to have equipment and money and live by snow. And so they're expensive. And that also means, you know, they're very limited in who gets to do them. It's, it's right. a whole thing, right? So there's a socioeconomic piece for, oh, for some sure. sports anyway. I mean, certainly with snowboarding, skiing, anything you need to lift past for, being someone who does live near snow, I know those things are super expensive, even more than the equipment. Like the equipment's expensive, kind of. But once you have it, you have it. But those lift passes every year, man, they can bankrupt you. Yeah, I mean, I've gone. I'm like, yeah, it's like $200 a day when you like first day of skiing when I've gone. I assume if you're Norwegian, you can just like walk out your door and ski, except for climate change. Apparently you can't really do that anymore, but you used to be able to do that. And so it's more relatable for them. Yeah. And if you're Canadian, I mean, cross country skiing is kind of the winter version of running where you can, once you have your skis, you can go into the back country and you can go as long as you don't get lost and die because it's cold out there. So, I mean, it's like, it's completely understandable why the Winter Olympics are not as popular. But the other thing is that it's all, I don't know what's the word, manufactured at this point. Like they're on fake snow. They're like inside ice arenas that could, they don't need to be in the winter. They could be in the summer. Half the summer games could be any time of the year. They're all inside. Can you even tell the difference between the summer and the winter anymore? It's like 80 degrees here. It's all the same. We could go live in Dubai and then you can snowboard every day at the mall. Exactly. Um, Okay, I have to say for the record now, today is Wednesday and we're recording. So I'm hoping, touch wood, this stays the same until Friday, but Canada currently has more medals than the U.S. Yeah, but we don't care. We don't care. We're like, oh, yeah. I mean, literally, I've said this to people and they're like, oh, I don't I don't really care about the medals in the Winter Games. We'll just add more snowboarding events. We're good at those. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at asskickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, crave with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If We Were Writing is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton, and our social media coordinator is Helen Positor. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time, you better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, I'm feeling so ruthless. So, Kelly, Gwen Jorgensen, this past weekend, she went out to an indoor 5K meet and she ran a 15-15. I know you've been a doubter about her marathon dreams. Now, have you changed your mind? No. Yes and no. Yes, I'm impressed. She might make the U.S. team if she continues to improve at that pace. No, she's not going to medal. She'd have to improve... What's the world record in the 5K for women? It's like 4.11. Like, and the top marathoners. 14.11. Yeah. yeah. And so like, we, the, the top marathoners run 14.30. They they run 14.30, but that's their PR. So she's got... This is her PR? I know. This is her current PR, but 45 s- seconds is a lot to take off. We'll see.